Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 94 of Getting It Out Podcast. I don't know why I always have to guess what number I'm on. It should be really easy. I started at 1, and then I've done 1 uh, after it each week, which is like normal counting. But for some reason, I always forget where I'm at. But it, you, you would forget where you're at, too, if you just counted counted one number at a time for 95 or 94 weeks in a row. You might not remember next week whether you're on 3 or 4. So cut me some slack. Anyway, I think it's episode 94. Regardless, that was Wolfjaw with uh, Hear Me off their uh, album that comes out today, actually. It comes out uh, November 8th. The Heart Won't Listen. It's on Listenable Records. They're from the UK. Uh, they they got a pretty big endorsement from uh, a man, Rob Halford. He's not my man. never met him once. But uh, I really like Judas Priest, and you should too. And uh, he seems to like this band as well. So that's reason enough, right? I don't think anybody else needs... Uh, needs <laughs> needs needs any more uh, kind of uh, kind of cosign than Rob Halford and Judas Priest. So if you like that song, check them out. Uh, again, the uh, the album's called The Heart Won't Listen and it's out today, November 8th. Check it out. Wolfjaw. Anyway, moving on. This week's episode features an interview with two of the guys from Howling Giant. I had Zach and Tom uh, join me for a conversation. Their album, The Space Between Worlds, came out uh, September, sometime in September, let's say September 27th, I think I'm getting that right off the top of my head, and uh, I was a little bit late to the party, but as I listened to it, I really enjoyed it, so I reached out, and uh, we had a conversation, I recorded it, it's a podcast now, and you're going to listen to it, they're going on tour today, November 8th, so uh, so let's get into this one. Dark Satellite Media. You know, when I started doing a podcast... I thought I found my calling, but there's something more, there's a little something more I think I can reach into, I got a little more in me, I need to get it out, just like the podcast, it's Getting It Out rap song from the Getting It Out podcast, and it feels powerful, I think you feel it too, I think you feel it too, but there's certain things that need to be said, because I was thinking about it a lot lately, what exactly was I was thinking about, we'll have to break it down here. Just a little bit for you. I was sitting at home trying to relax when I realized a podcast needs a rap. It sound way better with they thought back, but I gotta spit quick on these Amish cats. Well, big horse of shit on rumble strips. Zeb sits back with a hundred kids, but I know how shallow that gene pool is. So what did he do with his cripple kin? How do you tell the time at night when the sun don't shine on the dial bright? Well, Bob Scott's lives the hard rock life. Singing on the streets underneath the lights. I got grocery lists of shit I don't like. Gonna run them by old bike on ice and like cops step a day with the butt drug tips. This podcast will flip your lids. So that's what I sing about on the song for the podcast. It's getting it out. All right, so here we are into the podcast. Full disclosure: my wife's sitting down here with me right now, and it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. It it's messing me up a little bit, but I'm gonna get through it. It's like, uh, you know how like uh, 
when somebody stands over your desk and watches you. She's not doing that to me at all, but it's it's just the it's just it's just the way it feels. It's like when uh, you get pulled over for a DUI and you start doing a sobriety checkpoint, and and you're like you're like, hey, officer, if you just weren't looking at me, I could do this just fine. But no, now I'm going to have to go to jail for several years. I'm kidding, of course. She's a wonderful woman who uh, went went with me last night to see Slayer. So, you know, she, she obviously earns points for that. Slayer Primus Ministry and uh, Phil Anselmo doing uh, Pantera, which was interesting because uh, in, in Phil's band is one of the past guests of Getting It Out podcast. His name's Steven Taylor, and he goes down as the worst interview that I've ever had on this show. If you want to listen to that, that episode, go back to the 30s. It's on there. It, I don't know if it was his fault, but it was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad interview, and uh, it was, but it was kind of cool to see someone who's been on here in a conversation with me on a stage that big, playing uh, really important songs from my youth, being uh, Pantera. Not even my youth. I still like Pantera. I know we're not supposed to. I guess I don't know. I don't really know what's up with the rules on Pantera these days. It gets very confusing. Uh, every other year we hate them. Every other year we love them. Uh, one of them dies. Two of them live. I don't know. You know, it's very confusing. Very polarizing band, I guess. But anyway, I guess I I, I don't know if I just wasn't into it. I, I saw uh, the, the the show seemed fine to me, but I was also really bored, and that's never happened to me before at a, at a Slayer show. And uh, this is supposed to be the last leg of the last tour, right? I've already seen. This is the second time I've seen them on the last tour, so you know, take that for what it's worth. But I don't really quite buy that they're done. Whatever, you know, who cares? Uh, I've seen them enough. Maybe. But probably. I've probably seen them enough. Need to move on. But uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was glad to take her to that. And now she sits here with me and gives me looks. Beautiful looks. Slayer concert, that's always an interesting crowd. Um, you know how they say, you know, people are ugly on the inside? Well... At a Slayer concert, everybody's kind of just ugly on the outside. And uh, I guess they're nice on the inside. Or they're just weird on the inside. But definitely ugly on the outside. In fact, one of them got upset with my wife because she was normal. (laughs) Which really just means you're too attractive to be here. Which, yeah, she was. But, but, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Some of us can cross those lines. And, you know, some of us can't. And it's all right if you're ugly on the outside because maybe you're beautiful on the inside and you're probably at the Slayer show uh, worshiping Satan or, you know, the other normal stuff we do at Slayer shows. You know how it's funny how people just yell Slayer and then people yell Slayer back at them? Let me, uh, like, look, I love Slayer too, and I think it's fun to yell Slayer, but that's also the same thing as going whoop whoop with the Juggalos, all right? It's the same It's the same call and response thing. It's uh, I'm sure there's other people... The DMX probably did something like that. I don't know. Did it was did the Rough Riders ever yell something back that somebody would yell to them? Not 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 Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. DMX and the Rough Riders. You silly goose. Well, you think I suddenly suddenly got historical on you? Keep keep track of how this podcast works. It's not that difficult. I just say obscure references and we try to piece them together. And I ramble. And uh, you know I can't ever see what you think of this podcast, but I can. No, I can. Yes, because now. Um, to encourage uh, users, uh, listeners, you're not users, please don't be a user. If you're a user, you're a loser. Don't you remember that from elementary school? Anyway, to encourage listeners to uh, to leave reviews, 
particularly on Apple Podcasts, which is, what is it? Is it Apple? Is it iTunes? I can't keep track, but it's one of those things. You know what it is. Steve's Jobs, the evil Steve Jobs, whatever he made, wherever you live, leave your podcast reviews. Um, I'm going to read them now. I'm going to read. So every time there's a new one, which is extremely rare, so don't worry. This won't take up a lot of your time. I will read uh, the, the podcast review. And uh, and so I got I got a new one this week. This one is from S-T-F-O-F-Y-T. Now, I would normally try to make that a word, but they capitalized it all. So thanks for that. This person loves consonants and the letter O. And he says, he or she says, Subject, add this one to your podcast list. I really like this podcast. It's funny. The interviews are interesting. The music is good. And there's a lot of variation instead of being strictly hardcore or strictly metal. Hopefully being on dark satellite media helps the exposure. I hope you're right. S-T-F-O-Y-T. F-Y-I-T. I'm not spelling that out again. Pick a new name. But thank you for the review. Uh, I very much appreciate that. Uh, I encourage everybody else to go read, leave a review. Whatever you put there. I'm I'm gonna read. It's it's uh. Did you ever see Charles Barkley read a teleprompter? They put it. I know we always end up back on Charles Barkley, but they they put anything they want in the teleprompter, and he'll just read it. It's a it's a it's a funny bit they do on NBA on TNT. And if you're not into basketball and Charles Barkley, well, I, I curse you. But uh, that's a reason to watch it. Anyway, I'm getting out of hand, and uh, I want to get you to this interview with uh, Zach and Tom of Howling Giant. Uh, I, I got a full full disclosure on this one too. I wasn't expecting two people on this one, so I was a little caught off guard when uh, Zach told me that Tom was there too. Not like I know these guys or it matters, but you know, it's a it's a little it was a it was a nice nice curveball. But um, they worked well together. They 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 clearly have known each other for years, and uh, you'll hear all about that. But they they uh, they made a good team and they make good music, so it worked. So. Let's just do that. Let's just go to uh, to this episode or to this interview now. And uh, first, I should probably play a song from them. So let's go with Comet Rider. It's the first song off of their album, The Space Between Worlds. And uh, we talk a little bit about it and the video game that they released for it. So here, listen to the song, then listen to our conversation, then listen to, um, I don't know, a book on tape about Jaguars.
Hello, Zach. Hey, Dan. How's it going, man? Good. How are you, man? Great. Uh, I got Tom here as well. What oh, okay. Dan? Hey, how's it going, Tom? Good, man. Are you in York? Almost. How did you know that? Uh, the area code. I have the same one. My family's just south of York, actually, okay. in, New, in New Freedom. Okay. I was just, I was, you know, I was just putting your number in here to call, and I was like, 717. That don't make a lot yeah. of sense. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you're in, what, Tennessee, right? Yeah, we're in Nashville. Nashville. What do they? Yeah. What do they call people from Nashville? Nashvillians. Nashvillians. That's what I would say. Nashvillians. Nashvillians. Or is this a setup for a joke? Were you gonna? Were you gonna be? Did we just ruin the joke? (laughs) No, 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 no. My my jokes are cannot be ruined. In fact, but no. This is a flawless joke I have I have a superior sense of humor that doesn't get ruined by joke. But uh, no, no, no. Because uh, I read something where, uh, I think just today, where it, was, it called you guys, I guess Nashvillians makes way more sense than Nashvillains, which I thought was a little cooler. We're a little nefarious, though, yeah. the two are mutually exclusive, yeah. Right, well, that, that reminded me, like, I, I thought that can't be right, right? Because like, I know when I, when I lived in Baltimore for many years, like, people wanted to call us Baltimoreans, and... Uh, like that's not. So there's the classic, uh, you know, Massachusetts. We lived up in Boston for a little while, so you have mass holes up there. But you don't even hide behind, like, no. you know, that's just no. That know. that is what you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's fitting, right? You know, so some people it just works. Well, you guys are about to go to a lot of these places, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we are about to take off here, and I guess on Saturday we're starting things off in Asheville, North Carolina kind of working our way and then we're pretty much just taking interstate 95 as far north as we can go which right now is just massachusetts we don't want to go any further north i don't i don't blame you asheville all right so i I don't know a whole lot about asheville other than i have some friends who live there and there's like two venues i feel like it's the auditorium and something else like orange Orange Peel's the bigger That's one. The bigger we're one. we're playing the auditorium, and that is like like a freak show bar. Oh, it's cool. Thing. Yeah, it's Super almost cool. like a Halloween all year round style kind of dive bar. They do a lot of burlesque there. So, but man, I mean, Asheville yeah. has a lot of cool venues. Actually, what was that last one we played at the slot? Was it Slides? Slygrog Lounge. Slygrog. It's crazy venue. Yeah, that venue had all this like repurposed. Everything. Like, but a lot of toys, games, yeah, like toys. video games that kind of half worked that were like fixed, <laughs> and it was almost just a museum for like half functioning garage sale toys. And the brewery scene there is insane. Yeah, it's yeah. cool town, man. It's kind of nestled in the mountain. I heard, you know, I I only know of it because of because of friends of mine I met, you know, they they tour for this with or they were touring with this band Just Die, which is like you know this. That fast hardcore punk band, and that's the only way. Just die. Just die. I think actually one of the guys might work at the auditorium, but anyway, that like so. So now I like now I see Asheville pop up everywhere. I'm like, apparently this is a very cool place, and I don't mean to go on a whole big tangent about fucking Asheville, but whatever. We're here. Um, It's also it also made me realize there's places in North Carolina that take longer to get to the beach than it takes me from Pennsylvania, and that was something I could never imagine in my mind. 
Oh, yeah, it's, it's a longer <laughs> state than you think because Asheville is nestled right, I mean, almost right on the Tennessee border there. Mm-hmm. So you kind of cross over, and you probably, once you cross over, you probably have, what is it, half hour or so. To what did we play time. in? Like, we played a show in Boone, North Carolina, and yeah. then had to drive out to Wilmington, which was like eight hours wasn't it oh no not that long was it but at least six or seven hours something like that my brain just told me it was like a hundred hours away (laughs) that seems nothing compares really to texas that's the big one when we drove like 10 hours across the state during the whole thing well man and you get a really weird sense of the country when like when you're living on the east coast you just think that everywhere worth going is only three or four hours away sure yeah you don't realize until like i'm from minnesota like eight hours or something like that from like Minneapolis to Milwaukee in Wisconsin. And then you start touring the West coast and we're doing a drive. that's like 12 hours to Albuquerque or some shit. Yeah, and that's just like the next available market. There's, There's nothing, nothing, in, nothing in between. <laughs> like, dude, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. Which we love East coast tours because drives are short. Well, you know, what's we funny can... is I've, I've, I've heard that sentiment from people out like where you guys are saying, and I've also heard the opposite from uh, people from uh, visiting from England, where like you guys, it's just, it's just so much space on the East Coast. You live so far away, yeah. and you know people I, in England say this about the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, because you know, well, I mean, everything everything's tight there. You know, people in Europe, you know, it's all they, they get they get to where they want to go so quickly. But you know, over over here, it seems all spread out. But we, so you you're what Zach? You're from? Would you say New Freedom? Yeah. So. Uh, I, I'm an army brat, so we moved around everywhere. But my all my family's from like uh, Carlisle and York, PA. So okay. my parents uh, they settled back there when my dad retired. And uh, yeah, I mean, so we've been up through quite a few times at this point. We York was uh, the depot. Yeah. So we yeah. Won't, we won't be hitting it this time. I think they're closed for renovations for like the no, next three months. Otherwise, we'd be there. I think they're. I think they're closed, like, as of... I think they might be closed as a venue for good. No. Oh, don't man. tell me that. I think they this might, but I, so well. <laughs> I know they definitely switched it to an all-ages place. Like, I don't think there's a bar in there anymore. Man, that place was kind of a hidden gem. We've had awesome shows there. Yeah, there, there's a band that would always host us from, from your area, Witch Hazel. Those guys yes. are sick. And they, uh, they always just, they were very good to us. They brought us back in there in January. They do the nightmare yeah. after Christmas, the big throwdown. Nice. Like cool. there. Yeah. yeah, Dan, I, I, I trust you. And I'm sure you know what you're talking about, but I, I hope that you're inaccurate <laughs> in your <laughs> I, statement that the depot is closed. Cause I really, I, I hope it. I am too. And, and, and I, I love the depot. My, my old band, I had a band when I was in Baltimore, we played there one time. We got banned from playing there one time, despite even knowing yeah. the owners, we still got then banned. It was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> it was a negative approach. So it had to be right. But then, you know, yeah. There's, 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 oh, York has the, the garage venue, Skid Row Garage, which is, which is great, but it's a garage venue. So, you know, I don't know if that, if that goes for a howling giant, giant, uh, show, but, you know, there's still a venue in York at least. But what, what, what I was getting to is, um, that Zach, you're, you're from, well, you said you're all over Tom, you said Minnesota. Yeah. So how, to Minneapolis. so how did you guys all end up in Nashville in howling giant? Uh, yeah, we, me and Zach went to college together in Boston. Okay. Uh, so we were actually, we were playing in different bands at the time, but that's where we met and started jamming. And 
Um, honestly, didn't do really anything with Howling Giant as it was there. We we started originally under the name Skulldozer, um, nice. but it was a band kind of created just to write kind of nerdy songs about like Minotaurs and Dungeons and Dragons campaigns and like cosmic warfare, and that kind of bled over into something that I guess now is maybe more serious, kind of. But you know, we we, uh, we graduated college, I guess, and we just all decided with a bunch of our friends to kind of relocate to Nashville since there was such a music scene happening. Uh, and once we moved there, we decided to start up the band again uh, and change up the name to Howling Giant. And I guess that's kind of the story. Right, and you've been at it now for a few years, and you did, um, you did what, three EPs officially? Yeah, we've done. So we started with the self-titled EP, and then we started the Black Hole Space Wizard series so we have part one and part two out, and then we just did the full length, the Space Between Worlds, and that was released September twenty seventh. So very recently, mm-hmm. still. Right. So we're we're touring on a lot of that material currently. Mm-hmm. Well, how how that like you said that came out September twenty seventh, so a little bit over a month ago. How has mm-hmm. how's the reaction been for that one? Been good, you know. I, I think because we started something with the whole Black Hole Space Wizard series, people were waiting for part three and. And this one came about, we were just writing a bunch of different songs and they didn't all quite fit in the Black Hole Space Wizard saga. So uh, <laughs> we started focusing on just another concept, mm-hmm. but some, just something. Also, I think we found that like when you're releasing multiple parts of a series, uh, not, not to say your fan base doesn't grow, but, but releasing those sequels really appeals to the fans that are already listening to you. Sure. So having all these songs and all these ideas, we figured now is kind of a good time to record the full length, which is the first time we've done that. That kind of adds a legitimacy, I guess, to you as a band. Yeah. You know? uh, it was a chance for us to record all these things that otherwise I think would be left unrecorded because they didn't fit into the Black Hole Space Wizard world. Yeah, and, and you have um, some people that might just see like, oh, this is a part two. I don't even want to dive into it. Yeah, or like once you, you know, see part three, if yeah. you're like, well, I didn't listen to part one or two, so I'm not going to check it out because yeah. I want something new. But anyway, I, I think by releasing this full length, uh, we were able to kind of reach out a little bit and plug in some kind of fresh energy. And just for any fans that might be listening, we definitely intend to do part three. That'll probably be the next thing we do, I think. Yeah. I don't want to say that for sure, but we got got a split after this. We're finishing up right now, but then, but then after that, yeah. So it's it's coming up. It will happen. But by doing the full length, I think it's been received really well, and I think it was uh, it kind of offered us a chance to to grow and expand some of our listeners, which has been really cool. Yeah, and it's uh, I I noticed. Um, well, hold on, I'll save that for later. But with um with uh, shit. No, we'll just go to it. The, the, notice the the the, um, the production on this one. Um, it, it seems it seems pretty clean, and I like I like that about that. Was was that an intentional thing with the space between worlds? Yeah, I mean we're we're always kind of trying to do something new, and in particular with this album, we wanted it to sound a little different than the Black Hole Space Wizard stuff. Yeah. Um, we just kind of wanted it to have its own identity. So that kind of bled over both in the songwriting and the production. Uh, some of those vocal melodies are a little more floaty and clean and at times more psychedelic, and we wanted to highlight those. Whereas 
the Black Hole Space Wizard series has, you know, I mean, I guess I don't know how to describe it, but having that almost dirtier kind of sound, I think, fits yeah. that series. So it, it's not something like this is our permanent model, but it is something that was intentional for the space between worlds. Um, and it was a chance to, yeah, kind of just try something new and, like I said, give some strength to that identity. Cool. And I think I, I like that because I think a lot of times people, um, fans of music, particularly underground music, tend to put a lot of weight on uh, production and get kind of get, get kind of nerdy about something being too clean. And I and I think some I think a, a, a good sounding clean records is is impressive and should be celebrated instead of, uh, you know, kind of frowned upon. And I like that's what I think that's one of the reasons why I noticed that here and like it. on Yeah. This and something that we always want to do is we're, we're never going to record to a click track we don't want the super like you know like a lot of radio rock and some of the like more almost radio metal where everything's very like on a grid everything's perfect we never want to yeah. do that we're recording live you know so we're just it's three of us in a room and we record we record all the instrumentals together so you know not to a click track we can breathe and we can just feel out the right yeah so you know, even maybe in the mix of the production this one's definitely cleaner it's still kind of i would say the biggest thing that we focus on is maintaining and retaining that kind of live feel element so even though it's maybe a little bit cleaner it's still going to have some i don't want to say like fuck up the fluctuations right. and things that are going to happen naturally when you're playing live um so yeah i mean you can like super clean records you can like really dirty ones but i think there's a spectrum and it's really cool to explore that whole spectrum rather than feeling bound to just the dirty side of things which is something i think that happens frequently in the heavier genres yeah you know yeah and that's okay too you know it's like do your thing but for us we kind of just want to do whatever we want he, and right now it's you know yeah he who is resistant to change is destined to perish is destined to perish yeah of course <laughs> who is who's attributed with that quote uh dave from hot rod have you ever seen the movie Hot Rod? <laughs> yes, actually. And I, now that you mentioned that, that, hot, that movie was fantastic, and I don't think ever got the credit that it deserved. That yeah. was a that You're was a sleeper. To give it the credit that it deserves right here <laughs> yeah, and now. I think in college we would just watch it nearly every other day. Oh yeah, that's a little lore from the college days. Yeah, yeah. we lived on a floor the first year in the dorms, and we would watch Hot Rod. I think every single day. Yeah, and it wasn't just me and Zach. It was like no, it was a it was everybody on everybody the- on our <laughs> floor just agreed that Hot Rod was the greatest movie of all time. We never got tired of it, which is crazy. <laughs> it was on loop, and it was an yeah. excuse to skip class because you're not gonna <laughs> Sorry, go to Mom. class when you're in the middle of Hot Rod. Yeah. You, know? like, you really can't. Uh, it's priorities, I guess. Well, that 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 uh, actually brings up a good segue into your video that you did for Cybermancer and the Doomsday Express. Is, is this Hot Rod influenced? I like to think that Hot Rod is influenced. <laughs> everything you <laughs> do. That's fair. Uh, it didn't necessarily come directly from that, but I think it more, I, I think at least for the video, we just kind of took a good look at what we had and what we had access to. And it just seemed funny. I don't know. Our friend Marshall's great at skating. Yeah, Marshall does. Well, that's what I was going to say. How do you, how do you find a good rollerblader in 2019? Dude, I don't I don't know. Marshall's 
he's a special, special boy. <laughs> and he's just great at fruit food. Yeah. So, yeah, we were like, Marshall, you know, he's been slinging merch for us. We were like, we're going to do a music video basically about you. Are you in? And he was 100% in. Well, so. we don't really have an image ourselves. We want our image to be Marshall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, after watching that today, I can see why. And, you know, I got to actually tell you that the whole time I watched that, I I was legitimately thinking, like, it was a little M. Night Shyamalan. I was thinking, what's going on here? What What's the ending? And then oh, yeah. and then the way it ended, I, I never saw it coming, and I was impressed. And I, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what we're after. It paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with uh, with uh, with with this with this record, does this record have a, a overall concept to it? Yes, and I'm sure <laughs> you've explained it to death. But can you can you give me that? Yeah. Uh, so I I think with this album we wanted to explore the idea that um, when we dream, you are creating this reality that can be experienced and lived in and even though it's just for you a moment in that dream we kind of explored the idea that it could be a tangible thing and we created this character uh described in comet rider who is this huntress that is able to access and exist within the dreams of all of mankind um so she is kind of traveling in and out uh kind of experiencing all these different scenarios one being Cybermancer and the Doomsday Express, one being the Orb, which is a little bit more of like a nightmare kind of scene. The River um, Guide. And the River Guide. And these are all kind of different like dream scenarios. And then tracks like Comet Rider and Nomad are more specifically focused on her dream, which her dream world is kind of the, the nexus point through which she can kind of access and experience all these other dreams. Um, so you can take it on that level as a concept, but I think what we liked was the chance to kind of, you know, you could still digest this album without knowing that, and each song just being a weird snippet of, you know, whatever. Um, but that that was kind of the inspiration for us when writing this was that central idea. Nice. What if, if with with uh, were, were you were you able to put everything that you hoped to put? into this album would you like is there anything that didn't make the cut that you you were trying to kind of jam in here or is it all does it all kind of work out for you man it's hard to say especially when you're like you know you, it's almost like you don't always know what it's gonna look like till it's done sort of scenario yeah. there are always you know there are a few songs we wrote just completely scrapped for parts and you uh-huh. know many different incarnations of some of these where it's like, well, I don't like that arrangement of it. Like I remember Everlight being one of those where we tried a thousand different combinations mm-hmm. until we settled on what it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some songs I think just ended up being very different than we even initially kind of saw them or intended them not in a bad way by any means i'm really happy and proud of what we've done but at the same time it's like yeah especially with an album it's like you might not know exactly what the song is going to be like till it's done recorded and mixed and in the case of an album you don't always know how that whole album is going to be until you finally decide the order of the songs which determines kind of the flow and that listening experience so um yeah Nice. Well, with the with with having with writing music the way you guys write it, and you know doing these concepts, does does your music uh, 
um, provides you like uh, any kind of um, ther- therapy, any kind of therapeutic relief, or any? Do you, do you get any of that out in your in your music when you're writing basically fiction? I would I would say yes to a degree. Yeah, I, I think more of the the therapy comes from the escape, the actual act of performing it. At least yeah. for me, and that might be different for Zach and it might be different for Sebastian but for me it's like the actual act of playing really loud and performing something that we've created and then A, having fun in that moment and and B, if I can talk to someone who actually enjoyed it and got something from it, like that's where the therapy comes in but the writing of it is almost just like it's more fun than it is a therapeutic thing I would say. When we, we come from just watching so many sci-fi movies or TV shows, reading books and comic books and playing a bunch of video games. So I feel like this is our way of creating our own world that, you know, that is some form of an escape, like, you know, taking a break to just play a game and like get to another world. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun and it almost, it comes from more of an entertainment approach first. Yeah. That being said, at least for me, when it comes, you know, maybe this is more lyrically, but I think that, you know, certain emotions come through in the story of a song, mm-hmm. but I, we never really set out to be like, I need a therapeutic release because I'm feeling angry. So I'm going to write this angry song. I think it's just like, I want to write a song about a black hole space wizard. <laughs> and then, and what's wrong when you with start that? writing, then it's like what you start writing about, maybe you realize like, oh man, maybe this is a little bit, maybe I'm feeling a little bit angry, so I'm going to write something like Dirt Mouth or That's something. That's why we prefer know? Rush to Ed Sheeran, you know? <laughs> well, I think most people should. So I, yeah. I, I, I don't blame you for that. The, the, what, what I really appreciate, and I and admittedly am late to the Howling Giant party, uh, this the space between worlds was my first. I think I knew the name, but this is the first that I the first album that I actually listened to and uh, got into, and I, I really love it. And w- one of the things that I've been enjoying um, a lot about it is, and w- like your your personalities here, is that this seems to be a very fun band. And uh, the, the the name, the, the the even the video game you, that you guys came up with for this oh, one, the comment yeah. writer thing, which by the way, it took me way too long to beat. I just finally did that today. Well, two things I will say about the video game. One, I I thought it was the hardest game ever invented until I learned that cactuses give you health. I didn't know this. As soon as I found out that running into cactuses would, for some reason, heal your trucker, like it changed the game. Also, playing on a keyboard with directional arrows, yeah, vastly superior to playing on your phone. The the mobile one, yeah, because the mo the music always doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't work. You got to listen to that 8-bit version of comedy. Yeah, and actually, I want to I redact that last statement. I don't think it's <laughs> superior. I think it's easier to play with directional yeah. arrows. If you're after the challenge, play it on your phone. And if you're a true man who wants the hardest possible experience, just avoid all Oh, oh, yeah. Also, I didn't mean to sound sexist there. Man or woman who wants the hardest possible <laughs> we'll call situation. We'll a uh, true badass. Yeah, if you are a true badass in your soul... Then stand up for what is right and let those cactuses live, and just <laughs> just go see through if it you without. Can on That's impossible. I, I I didn't know. It's funny that uh, that you didn't know that the cactuses give you life because isn't that like one of two sentences of the directions for the thing? 
We oh, added we them. Ten, we added them. We <laughs> added, like, oh, oh. We were in the beta. Oh. We were we were testing the game. So we wrote early, those early, sentences. Early access. Yeah. <laughs> those sentences we weren't told. We figured out through trial and error. The tumbleweed slow you down and the cactuses give you hell. Yeah, when, when Jackson, the guy who, two guys, Jackson and Cody, worked on this thing and they, I'd just been like, this is the hardest game ever. I didn't tell them that. I was like, oh, this is great. It's wonderful. Right. Because uh, somebody's got to figure out how to beat it. It's just not me. And he was like, well, just make sure you include that the cacti heal you and the tumbleweeds can slow you down to get some perspective. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> then we tried it and got to the end. The whole time, I'm like, I can't avoid everything. There are cactus right, and right. boulders. You know, man. Little bikers coming after you. But there's a deeper little sum sum to that. We do have a music video coming out probably in a, in a few weeks that relates to that game uh and you'll see a little bit more about it oh cool where where did the idea for this game come from anyway it came from the music video yeah we've been been working on this music video that we haven't said too much about yet but within the video there was a reference to a game being played and we decided to develop the game and it just so happened that the game came to fruition faster than the video did so our options were either to sit on it and do nothing until the video came out but we were like this is too much fun and i feel like people need to play this right now so we were like let's put the game out see what happens and there will be a video following soon nice well you guys you guys are really getting out there with your um with your promotional shit that you're doing for this album and i know that sounds a little ridiculous but at the same time you're doing more than most people do and i also noticed you did that that collaboration uh the collaboration beer with oliver brewing company in baltimore um, oh, yeah. how, how did you make that connection? How did you get to know Steve Jones? Because I also know Steve, and uh, I'm interested in how this happened. We played Baltimore in May 2018, and uh, the guy that runs our label put us in contact with Steve because Steve has done work with other metal bands. He did the uh, the Long Live Heavy Metal IPA series. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, our, our guy, Jad, was just like, hey, Steve, check these guys out. I'm sure you'll dig them. And we went. We did a brewery tour, met him. He came to our show. Uh, he might have been the only – him and his son were, like, the only people there. Uh, <laughs> but they loved it, I think, enough to make us a beer when the album came out. Yeah. And, I mean, Zach and I both work in a brewery in Nashville. So we were we were kind of craft beer guys before all this. So it was – kind of an easy dot to connect i would say for our label guy to put us in touch with oliver and yeah. when we met him he was just hilarious and badass and we were tasting beer and like phenomenal yeah. beers so yeah when he when he agreed to do it we were super stoked and yeah i don't know it just kind of came out of the ether that's I'm awesome glad it did because the beer is great i don't know I- if you got a chance to try it but it's Awesome. It's still probably out there. I, think. I didn't. I didn't. Ha- I didn't get any of yours. I've had with from Steve. I've had the. Well, we have a, we have a mutual friend who who's um, in integrity. So that's how I know him. So so I've had the integrity. The beers that he did for integrity. I've had the beer that he did for Monolord, and <laughs> and I don't. But I haven't had yours. Um, but I see he does. This, he he does these with bands, and he, they have these shows at the brewery. And uh, but anyway, I I I we were at a uh, we were at a kid's birthday party a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, and uh, we were standing beside each other, actually getting wrapped by in p- toilet paper by children, uh, as the 
as the party game. But I was uh, making fun of myself earlier in the day when I said the converse, said the statement to him that I I really like your Instagram, which felt like a very strange thing to say as a man in his thirties. But the you know with the with the beers that he brews, the bands that he's always promoting on there, I thought it was very cool. And I had no idea there was a connection between you two. And so I was just the other day looking at your uh, your your Instagram and seeing uh, videos of him on there, and I thought, oh damn, that's cool. There's Steve. Um, but you guys mentioned you work at a brewery. Which which brewery are you a part of? We work at Tennessee Brewers. Uh, they're really cool. I, we love the beers they've been doing. Um, but they haven't brewed us beer, so I mean, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> one one point goes to all of our brewing company. No, but uh, they they've been really cool. We work with a bunch of our friends the beer is fantastic and they're incredibly understanding and flexible with us uh when it comes to our schedule uh and touring so nice. I, I don't want to speak back here but i feel like we're you know pretty lucky to work in that situation oh, that's pretty cool and uh, i mean i i i think i mean a lot of us are now but kind of craft beer nerds but i'm I've, i'm in the same boat and i think it's uh i think it's a cool thing that bands are doing um to promote promote these days and it's uh it's interesting how they keep coming up with new shit yeah but, and i think it's man I, I think the first thing should be like is it fun or do you enjoy it because like not everything we do is just like this will be a great promotional pitch yeah i think yeah, yeah. especially in the case of like steve it was just like it's pretty organic we're gonna get a yeah. beer brewed with our name <laughs> on it like that's mostly I can't wait I think to it'll drink be all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we go into those things being like, sweet, we're gonna, the beer's going to hit the market, and some dude or dudette is going to see it on the shelves, and they're going to say, I better check this band out. Like, right. And I think that's when the coolest sort of promotional things come into play. You know, the music video is not just a grab at new fans because it's fun and rad to have that. The video game is just fun. And I think that's the way you keep things from feeling like you're just constantly creating like advertisements, you yeah, know, yeah. we're just taking our favorite things and tailoring it to us. Yeah. Right. The fact that anyone else can enjoy it is excellent. We're like, yeah. we come along for the ride. Yeah. Then we can keep doing it. So, <laughs> well, I, I like that. That's, that's, that's what I think makes it fun. And so I think, uh, sometimes with, uh, with, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but with like the, you guys, you guys get a lot of, a lot of the same kind of genre tags thrown at you that don't all quite, quite add up, but yeah, they kind of do too. He's like stoner, psychedelic, doom, prog, whatever, you know, that, that all seems to attach to howling giant in some way. And I do think that that, that all of those kind of, uh, kind of subgenres seem to, uh, how would, how would I say this correctly? Seem to take themselves a little lighter, not so serious and seem to be a more uh, friendly, friendly scene and i appreciate that about the music and so the people. something that i will say because i think you're absolutely right when we were both going to school in boston i was playing in this prog band and we took ourselves very seriously and the fan base the prog fan base constant judgment oh man <laughs> and i mean i love prog music and i mean most of the fans i'm sure are fine but the ones who are coming to your show are, are at least what i found people were taking a look at us and you're held to some standard of like are you going to be a dream theater or an animals as leaders or protest a hero and if you're not held to those standards there's no value to you or your music yeah um so 
we also, at least in my case, I listened to like the sword and I was getting into like just straight up, just like, man, just riffs that were slamming and jamming and not really about the same kind of level of technical, you know, it's not meant to like impress you so much as it's meant to be like, this is just actually fun to listen to. And I think the fan base respects that kind of feel that like it's fun and it's jamming and that's the most important thing. So like I, I feel like the fan base is incredibly supportive in the Stoner Doom Sludge that whole yeah. world that yeah. umbrella of genres you know yeah yeah no that makes perfect sense but uh, with, with um you guys you guys are on uh, <clears throat> sorry uh, blues blues funeral rec- recordings right where mm-hmm. where did you, how did you make that connection ages ago <clears throat> that's Jad. Uh, Schickler, he he runs the label, and uh, he does work for a bunch of the other uh, kind of boutique labels in the scene, like Ripple and Magnetic Eye. He contacted us on behalf of Magnetic Eye years ago uh, to participate in one of the Redux records, and uh, it was they were doing they're redoing all of the wall. Um, yeah. And he was just gauging our interest. He had heard of us through a friend. And, you know, we, we got to work on that. We weren't on the wall itself. They got Massive X to be on that. And that's a great, great Redux record. We are on the best of. We did a cover of Matilda Mother. Um, but then just kind of continued uh, chatting with him from there. He was talking about getting his record label up and running. And uh, he's very responsive and super on it. And we really appreciated that because you don't always get that in the underground scene. Yeah. And he's always been very supportive of us and, and loved our music. I think. Right. Chad? <laughs> Do you like us? <laughs> he said that he, he did. Said he did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just great guy kind of works with a little bit of everybody and, and, uh, willing to work his butt off. And, you know, we'll, hopefully we're doing the same. Just, symbiotic relationship with it right he's he's a good guy and and he helps a ton of bands all the time nice well yeah um is this is this this upcoming tour is this your first tour since you released the album or did you do something right after we did one we did one right around it uh just about a week and uh kind of went up uh through louisville and kind of through ohio indianapolis then ohio Released the album while we were in Pittsburgh at Howlers and then went over to Baltimore and played Oliver Brewing uh, the day after for the beer release. Oh, nice. That was, nice. Yeah, all very good shows. And we just kind of hauled back home. Busier season at the brewery, so they were not willing to let us go as long. But yeah, <laughs> this time we're about to hit some, some more. It's also one of those situations where we just released the album, which is awesome, but it, it's it's hard to do extensive touring, at least for us in like the winter time. Um, so it was one of those things where we wanted to get out and do that week around the release. And we wanted a chance to get out now and do a couple weeks. Um, but I think we have a lot more kind of planned coming up for the spring at this point that we're yeah. working on. There's, no. I mean, it's hard to say there's a lot in the works, but it's like, yeah, you know, um, we've, we've got a lot more coming, but this one's going to be, I think a lot of fun these next couple of weeks. Yeah. Hitting some places that we've, we've been to before. And then in between a few new spots, never been to Charleston before. So that'll be cool. But we, we love Wilmington, North Carolina, and that's always a good show over at Reggie's. And yeah. It, it'll be, it'll be fun to kind 
kind of revisit a few spots and see what's happening in some other scenes. Awesome. Well, I see you're doing. I see you're doing it with a well, a couple of bands that they have on on your dates with Brotherhawk and Horseburner, who are both two two bands I really enjoy. So that's that. that I, well, those are three good shows at least. Um, and and uh, I don't know. It's you're, you're getting out of here probably just in time. Speaking of the Northeast, you know, it looks like the farthest you come we're, up. Yeah, we're scared boys. I'm just like I don't want to get stuck up there in the middle of winter. You know. I'm, no. Yeah. Get to, we've got, we've reacclimated to Tennessee at this point. So right. I'm like, let's hold out for spring and summer, and we'll hit it hard. I promise we're coming. Winter time. I'm not trying to roll the dice too hard here. No, I don't Winter is for writing more music and playing D and D. Yeah, true. <laughs> Speaking of D and D, hey, I, since you mentioned D and D, and there's a band that that put out an album this year that I love that you guys remind me of, not in sound but just in attitude. Do you listen to Gygax at all? Heard of them? Never actually checked them out myself. Oh, you know listen, listen to High Fantasy. Food. High Fantasy is the album, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Who's uh, Mucho from Great Electric oh, Quest. Oh, Mucho yeah, plays drums for those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Which another incredible band that Steve has worked, Steve Jones has worked with, Great Electric Quest. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Are, are they a Ripple band, by the way? Or are they on I their own label? I think they, yeah. Buddy owns the label. The guitar player right. does a bunch of stuff. So that's what I like about the Stoner Doom scene. Because you have a band like Gygax that's very, like, maybe straight up D&D, but almost any of these bands, like, you know they're throwing down with wizards and sorcery <laughs> and, like, warfare. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm all about. Well, I, I, I've got my, – my experience is limited to the music that I listen to, but that's all right because I appreciate – whatever wherever you guys are getting inspiration, I like it because I get to – I like listening to it. But, you know – and I, I know this this question not really might not really be down your lane, but I was I swear to God I've been thinking about this and I've asked my wife about it before and she just brushes me off because she's not willing to engage in this one. But so I'm hoping you two can help me um, with a theory I have, and I, like I'm pretty sure that aliens exist, right? Um, oh well, hundred percent. Yeah, oh, yeah. Carry like, on. Like like of course they do, and but like lately I've been wondering. Maybe we're too big to see them. Not they're too small. Maybe we're too big and we're actually giants. And that's why we can't see the aliens. Is there any... Like, is this totally ridiculous? No, I don't think so. I I think that there's no way to truly, truly know. But I think that it's all a possibility. And for you to even be able to imagine that in the infinite, ever-expanding universe, it has to exist. That's what I think. There are infinite possibilities for, for everything. I think that there's an infinitely expanding universe where it is inevitable that aliens exist of all types, sizes, shapes, forms. And on top of that, I think there are parallel universes. Oh, yeah, it's multiple realities. And so for us to feel like that there are no aliens at all is foolish. And furthermore, to say that there are no aliens that are of incredibly microscopic size, or how about this? We as humans are limited to only a certain amount of senses. I, I'm with you on that one too. Yeah. Yeah. And why is it so impossible that there could be an alien that is defined beyond what we as humans are even able to like read with our limited senses? I I don't know what that necessarily even means. It could be a different dimension. Who knows? 
lizard people. <laughs> you know, I you know, man, living I, in the core of the earth. I just wish I had any scientific facts to back this up. Well, this what's what's the where does that come from? It's like how people say like oh, animals can sense fear, but we can't sense fear. So maybe you know, why do you why like do you stop all there? We're doing with science. Science is really just our ability to see the worlds around us based on the senses that we were given as humans. But, like, why should that be? I mean, what a limiting way to view the world. Some people are more sensitive to, like, uh, like ghost and spirit activity. Spirit activity? Like just auras? And yeah, oh or, auras, yeah. for sure. I mean, I, oh, man. Tell you what, I'm going to dive in. Where I'm going to do some research, and I want to do another interview with you where we can touch back on this. Oh, gl- gladly. This is something that I would rather be more prepared for and then dive into <laughs> on a deeper level. But surface level, yes. I will say with 100% certainty there are aliens possibly in the room with us right now that we are unable to pick up on with our limited, crude senses that we as humans have. We just got to check in with the Lord, our Savior, Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge, dude, <laughs> let me call it Blink-182. Get Blink-182 on the horn. Well, that, I think that's the, that's, that's the way to end it, I guess. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zach and Tom, thank you for, to, for talking to me about, uh, about Howling Giant and your tour and the album. And uh, like I said, I, I, I really do enjoy it, and I'm sure others have and will. And I hope your tour goes well. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much. Yeah, thanks for talking with us. And yeah, let's do a, let's do a follow up interview. About oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll talk to you when you get back right. from tour. How about that? Sounds great. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Fanatics on the run. Warnings on the station. They're building a machine Hiding in the wasteland Apocalyptic planet in dismay The cables are connected
All right, so that was my conversation with Tom and Zach of Howling Giant. And that song that you just heard there, that one was the one we spoke about that they did a video for. It's called uh, Cybermancer and the Doomsday Express. Uh, hopefully your interest has peaked and you will check out The Space Between Worlds if you have yet to do so. I obviously encourage you to do that. Uh, thank you to Zach and uh, Tom for coming on. Definitely appreciate their time. And I appreciate the work they put in this album. I truly enjoy it. Um, so if you want to get a hold of me or the podcast, which is me. So if you want to get a hold of the podcast, you're getting a hold of me. You can do so at gettingitoutpodcast at gmail.com. I encourage everybody to send in your music. I'll play it on here. It's what I do. It's the thing that I do with this thing. So we can do that. Uh, you can follow the pay the podcast at getting getting at it's getting getting getting. I feel like it sounds like a fucking chainsaw. Getting 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 getting. It's it's at getting underscore under. How do I do this again? It's it's Instagram and it's called at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. You can go there, follow the podcast, whatever I do, and. Uh, there's a Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash getting it out podcast and uh, uh, Twitter at getting it out pod. Um, I'm going to end this with a track from Sonus Corona out of Finland. They're a progressive metal band who uh, is releasing a record on inverse records. You hear a lot of stuff from inverse records in this, on this, on this podcast. This record will be out on November 22nd. It's called time is not on our side. I'm going to play, it's going to be two tracks here. You might not notice it's illusions and time is not on our side. Uh, so enjoy it. If you like prog metal, if you don't enjoy it anyway, it's a demand. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.